0: And welcome to another episode of Cultivate and Keep. This is Jeremy,
1: and this is Corey,
0: and uh, we are today have an in- interesting topic that we're excited about. But before we get into that, uh, wanted to remind you that we are near the end of the two week challenge. So if you haven't heard yet, you can go to cultivateandkeep.com/challenge, and through uh, doing that, you can enter into an opportunity to climb the leaderboards and to win a Kindle paperwhite, some limited time um, Cultivate and Keep merch, and a book of your choice. So we're super excited. Uh, What you can do is uh, by going to the challenge page, you will share Cultivate and Keep, And by sharing it, you climb the leaderboards, and so you earn a chance to win some cool stuff, and you help us promote, cultivate, and keep. So, I think this is the um, second to last day, or maybe third to last day. So, we're near the end, so um, go ahead and do that if you have not already. And uh, besides that, any other announcements, Mr. Corey? That's it. (coughs) Cool. All right. So, uh, today we are talking about pornography. Um, Pornography. (laughs) (laughs) Pornography. That's kind of funny. Um. It sounds weird saying and we're excited to talk about this, yeah. but uh, we are. I mean, we. No. So we, when we first started Cultivating Keep, this actually was one of the, I think, uh, beginning topics we like talked about wanting to discuss. Mm-hmm. And um, so we have some stats you kind of wanted to go through just about porn and kind of how I would say um, the industry is uh, climbing more and more every year and how it's becoming more and more uh, prevalent. But also, before we do that, I just wanted to um, kind of let you know, if, if you listen to this, we're going to kind of get pretty detailed and there's going to be some... I don't say graphic stuff, but we're just going to get into it and kind of get down and dirty and then we're also gonna share our testimonies with porn. So yeah. Um that's kind of that. So some stats we wanted to kind these of break down and discuss. Yeah, as I was researching and kind of going through these, I've heard a lot of them before, um, but they get updated every year. And so as I read them I was just like, Holy cow, like it it's kind of jaw dropping. Like you read some oh, yeah. these things and um, <clears throat> I was telling Corey beforehand that I got super distracted when I was preparing <laughs> and I spent like 30 minutes just like researching stats on it because yeah. it's super like more than as interesting, it's like alarming. Like it gets my attention because oh, it's, totally. um, I think it's such an underrated topic that we just don't talk about. Um, and it's such a huge issue.
1: Well, I <clears throat> oh, i don't know if one of the stats is in here, but I'm pretty sure that the industry is like as big or bigger then basically it's like one of the top like money producing industries in the world. But no one talks about it at all. There's like an insane number of people who watch pornography who are involved in the pornography business. Um,
0: we we shouldn't say no one talks about. It. I think what we're trying to say is Christians don't talk about the struggle, and uh, like in a secular world, it's like bragged yeah. about. Don't talk about yeah. it as an issue. As an issue, yeah. but like um for me, like my non-Christian friends, it's like something they brag about. Yeah. Um, there's a verse in uh, forget which w- what uh, book, but popped in my head. Um, it says. Uh, they glory in their shame and mm. kind of what it means is like basically yeah. they brag about things they should be ashamed about. Yeah. Um, and I have a lot of non-Christian, you know, co-workers or friends that like, they brag about like porn, how it's cool and it's so normal.
1: Yeah. And
0: um, like you hear stories of like, you know, non-Christian couples that <clears throat> like, you know, husband has his wife look at porn with him. It's crazy stuff that uh, that's like super normal. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, And dude, in like the non-Christian world, this is a common thing that's, cool and for us as Christians we don't talk about it so
1: and also when we're talking about pornography uh, we're talking about it also and this is sort of one of those things that like we don't talk about that often and especially for the younger kids who are struggling with it or don't know that much about it or don't know kind of how to deal with it porn is almost synonymous with masturbation and Mm -hmm. it's just like one of those things that like the two go hand in hand obviously But, like, in most cases, yeah, in most cases. Um, but pornography, lust, masturbation, like sexual desire, like, those are kind of like we're talking about pornography, but we're also talking to those things kind of in conjunction as well. Just Mm -hmm. wanted to point that out. Like, that's a good point. We're not just talking about pornography, pornography, like, as it is, but also like the sins that are involved. Like in a it. three in one kind of. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: All right. Well, let's um, get into some of the stats yeah. because we'll kind of just have discussion as we go. Um, so the first one was, um, more than four out of 10 Americans, so 43% now say that pornography is morally acceptable. And that is about a 7% increase from last year. So one thing I want to say before we continue is, uh, I like, went through a lot of stats from previous years, and every year they are like gradually all just increasing, which is crazy, yeah. as, crazy as it is. So this one is saying 43% of all Americans, a so 4 to 10, <coughs> um, say that yeah. porn is morally acceptable.
1: What's interesting, so it says it's a 7 percentage point increase. So it's not a 7% increase because,
0: oh, was, oh, okay.
1: because 7% would be like from the last year, which would be like you know, 7% more, but this is a seven percentage point increase, which means that 2017, um, it was around 36% said that porn was more acceptable. Now it's 43%. So that's like a that's huge more then, right? jump. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's way more. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. like 7% of 36 is a, you know, a tiny number. Understood.
0: Okay, so the percentage, you got it, okay. yeah, so I have a basically. percentage okay, point 10. increase.
1: So going from 36 to 43, you can only imagine, like, let's just say the year before that, it was also a seven point increase, a seven percentage point increase. That would be, you know, 29. Like, that's a steep, increase in moral acceptance
0: well what's crazy about so more than just it becoming more normal what's crazy is and we'll get to this but a lot of stats talk about how porn is becoming more and more graphic and intense mm. and like hardcore and so that's crazy because while it's getting like you know worse and worse and darker and darker it's also becoming more normal yeah which wow is, which is a crazy thought
1: that's super <clears throat> gnarly i was
0: reading a stat and it said that soft core porn is is basically gone it doesn't exist mm. anymore which is super crazy thing right
1: about. and uh, maybe we that should like, like define some terms of like, softcore, hardcore. I get like what we mean by softcore porn is like so when I yeah you could just like pictures of someone or it's something that um
0: like a softcore porn would be like a bikini catalog right, like, right that's right, right, like right. a softcore like not really like real or real like porn. mild nudity My, yeah I'm very mild
1: yeah which even like I bet you there's people listening or even like you know kids who are listening who are like what like that's you know what are you talking about like there's so many other things out there
0: we should back up how would you define define pornography actually that's like Hmm. i didn't think about this but how would you define porn
1: um a a reenactment of sexual things or making someone sexually desirable uh through some sort of you know video or picture
0: Mm -hmm. i believe uh i believe So Dan Dillon does like a, you know, workshop on, I I think what his definition was, um, basically anything like bringing you to a point of lust. I I believe Mm. that was it. So music, videos, pictures, uh, talking, um, like really anything that could reading a novel, right. Anything that could bring you to that point. Yeah. Um, okay. (laughs) Um, well the next one is, it says, uh, let's see here. Okay, so it says that one out of six over the 1,500 respondents has watched pornography on a public network, which <laughs> is and it kind of talks about like examples of those. I'm just going to find them because there's a different tab. Yeah, I mean, that It was like a coffee like, shop. Yeah. It said a uh, public restroom. A library. Uh, library. It was like crazy. I was like, holy, like, what? An yeah, airport. Yeah, and it was like normal. Yeah, one in six, yeah. One I in mean, six. And here, so when I hear these stats, what I like to do is think, okay, out of this group of friends that I have, ten of, out of 10 of these people you know, four of them say that porn is acceptable now, right? Yeah. Or one of these six, you know, that's just a weird thought. And I bet right. you we each have multiple friends or people that we know interact with that are in these categories.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, that's and 15 or that's, it's not 1500. It was 15,000 global respondents. So it's, I think the, the other interesting part of this is how pornography isn't just a United States. It's not just like an American thing. It's increasingly more global. I think a lot of that has to do with the internet too. But one in six um, of the fifteen or of the fifteen thousand global respondents have watched pornography on a public network, mm-hmm. among other things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, another one was kind of along with that. It said, uh, "So today, most free sites are porn." And it says that. Let's see here. Okay, so it said that um, about a decade ago, the average traffic that a porn site would receive um, was about um, a million unique visitors per day, and now it's over a hundred and hundred million unique visitors per day. Hundred oh million people. Isn't that like different people, different visitors going to a porn site per day. Wow. A hundred million. I can't even count two hundred million. <laughs> no, yeah, not joking. But that's crazy, like. So that's a in one day a ten thousand percent increase. Yeah. A decade ago, it was about a million, which th- that's really high too. Wow. And it's saying I read into this one. It said mainly because uh, they're free now. So back in the day, you had to pay. Yeah. So this is random. So me and Corey, there's another podcast that we both it's like a business one we we follow and we like to um, like listen to these guys and they're not christians but they have you know to talk about business or whatever and i was telling him that the very first episode these guys launched a couple of years ago to launch their podcast and to start it uh they're like opener like they talked about kind of their business experience and kind of how they started and one of them was saying uh that when he was younger his first like, way he made money was by selling porn oh that's right and they were like laughing about it and bragging about it and i was like oh my gosh like if yeah. I did that, I would never talk about it. That's like super oh, no. weird. And these guys are like, "Oh, that's so funny!" And it's again, like, oh, it's it was morally weird. acceptable. Morally acceptable.
1: Well, what's interesting, kind of going back to that one, I don't. Um, it's morally acceptable, but I think that again, the word, like how people perceive the word "moral," hmm. is totally different than what it was ten years ago, too. Because moral, back th- or you know, let's say fifty years ago, moral was. Um, according to God. You know, it was God's word. It was the law. It was um, things that were well understood in society as good and bad. Moral today is whatever you want it to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I feel like that's even like a generous statement to say four out of 10 Americans. What does it say? Four out of 10. Uh, yeah. Americans so now say that it's morally acceptable. Yeah. I mean, even like that's so generous just to say morally acceptable. If they probably said, like it's okay or it's acceptable. It would probably be like nine out of ten mm-hmm. is my That's guess a good point. but um, but going back to that other statistic about uh, a million unique visitors to a uh, hundred million, again, I think this is also interesting, like it's very correlated to the growth of the internet over mm-hmm. the years, and like you said, with a lot of the free porn sites, um it's a very smart business model <laughs> because you give something away for free and then people are interested and then they have to click and subscribe or pay money for like more content for Mm -hmm. quote unquote better content. Yeah. Um, but it's just, again, that's one of the things that is so crazy about it is that porn isn't just like, you know, like this nasty little business. Now it's like an entire industry Mm -hmm. and there's companies like Pornhub that are like, you know, they could be, I don't know if they're publicly traded. I'm not sure. I thought I heard they were, yeah. I think they might be. I think it's a brand under another company that's uh, publicly <coughs> traded. <coughs> but, like, it's a, h- a massive company. Like, mm-hmm. if you have 100 million unique visitors per day, that's like yeah, going that's to Google. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's so insane. Mm-hmm. It's so insane.
0: Um, so the next one says that the use of filters by parents has not worked. In 2005, mm-hmm. a research uh, shows that <coughs> 50 f- that let's see, it found fifty four percent usage of filters in two thousand sixteen. It was down to thirty nine percent, and then sixteen percent on mobile devices. Mm. And so, I mean, well, I'll get into like my testimony, but yeah, for me, like when I was um, like addicted and struggling to porn, for me, I what when I always said to people was it didn't really matter the the. Um, filters that i had because i always found a way around it and i think yeah. that's the truth with anything yeah. like if there's a sin that you want to do you will find a way to do it it doesn't matter the the blocks you have and i'm not saying like don't um have a filter don't have a block cause right. that, that will help you because you got you got to fight to get through it and so um but like the truth is it really comes down to a desire for you wanting to overcome it and to want to change if you don't have that desire you'll find a way to do it so i'm not yeah. surprised to hear, hear that step
1: right especially i think that's interesting like just the difference between and then 16% on mobile devices. I I think that that's kind of probably the main culprit too is what's also interesting is the rise of like the mobile device and the phone, you know, things like the iPhone was kind of the first, uh, you know, mass populace, um, you know, massively popular um, mobile phone. And then you have all sorts of Android devices, which are largely unlocked and unfiltered. And then you have the growth of the internet and like, it's sort of like a perfect storm for, um, a lot of these, you know, porn producing companies, to be on the internet and to make it widely available for everyone to stumble upon in Google.
0: Yeah, good point. Um, okay, here's that stat I was talking about. So it says um, one in six have uh, confessed to using porn on a public network. And it was a hotel, Airbnb, um, coffee shops, restaurants, uh, at work. It's a twenty nine percent of this was at work. Oh my uh, gosh! Airports, on the street, train <laughs> and bus stations. And a public restroom, It's <laughs> like, Wow. dude, twenty. So twenty nine percent of those uh, were at work, which is like really, really crazy.
1: Hmm. Um, Good. That one. I mean, that's. I actually I didn't expect that. The forty percent was at a hotel or Airbnb. I guess I can understand. I want that. to consider
0: that like a public. Would you? I mean, I guess not your home, but.
1: Yeah, I think so. But I, I think that's just also interesting that like when people are away, they feel like the need free well they feel the need to but they feel free to do that Hmm. i don't know i i guess it shouldn't be surprising but i was surprised to see that i didn't Hmm. see that one coming the cafe and restaurant one is really disturbing to me because that's weird if you think about 30 percent, like that means that at any given restaurant that you're at with with more than 30 people like there's probably someone watching porn that's so
0: weird um, next one says that based talking about how porn's changed and said that extreme content is the new norm and that soft porn has already mm. disappeared. When we t- kind of talked about this a little bit. Okay. This one says that in 2010, the journal of uh, violence against women reported physical aggression in 88.2% of leading pornography scenes. And mm-hmm. and there was um forty and so there was verbal aggression in forty eight percent of all leading scenes as well. So not so what it's not saying is that um eighty eight percent of all porn um had aggression. It's saying in like the leading the like, top most popular videos, eighty eight percent of those um were centered around like aggression, basically. Yeah. Oh. Phys- yeah, that makes sense. So, so
1: basically it, like the most popular was the
0: aggress- aggressive content, basically. Yeah. The hardcore like oh, Wow. And that, and so that's like the new normal. Then it says that incest is the fastest growing trend in porn. Like stuff with like, you know, uh, like sons and and mom, whatever, brother sister. Yeah. That's like a growing trend.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's so crazy. I think that that is, um, that's pretty like indicative of where we're at right now Mm -hmm. is if 88% of the most popular pornography scenes have violence in them, then like, you know, what's popular kind of speaks for itself. You know what I mean? And if 88% of it, You know, what's crazy to me is that like, it's, it's such a secret thing and like no one, again, no, not many, very, not very many Christians talk about it. And I don't know kind of how, I don't know exactly how non-Christians talk about it very much, but like, I don't think anyone would condone that kind of behavior. You know what I mean? Like in real life is what I mean. No, he has a good point. Like Well, that's the
0: thing about porn because it's, we, um, we feel, we, so we're under this impression or illusion that it's like an anonymous, um, like in the dark, uh, which it is, I guess, in a sense, but uh, I get what you're saying is that none of this would be acceptable in like our real uh, relationships, you know?
1: And that's so weird is because like you want to do it, but you like wouldn't recommend that to someone else (laughs) or like if someone was doing that to you or to your sister or to your wife like mm-hmm. you'd be like what the heck like this yeah. is ridiculous but it's just kind of the indication of how screwed up and perverted pornography is is that you like what's wrong and you like what even you wouldn't want someone else to do to anyone else
0: yeah well i think this one's interesting because it kind of proves a point so it talks about uh basically how just the most popular stuff is like the worst like most horrific type of porn is what's normal and what's what's good now apparently mm. and even like incest how that's like a popular thing so one thing that dan says in his workshop he talks about he says that the nature of porn uh, it, it never regresses it never goes backward yeah. it never retracts it always worsens it always increases um it just goes deeper and deeper and gets worse and worse um and i think like that shows with these stats, like they all kind of seem to get like m- just more and more dark, the more that we go because the nature of porn is, is never going to slow down. If, if you have, if you have or have had a struggle with porn, you know that it really only gets worse and worse. And what that means is totally. that um, like certain content that like used to do it for you. And that was like exciting and, and thrilling and good. Um, it just, it kind of begins to like dampen and become less and less effective. Yeah. Just and that's showing stats. Yeah.
1: Yeah which is crazy. And it's not like, it's like a, Oh, it's okay. Because I'll watch it now. And like, you know, I'll like, you know, take a break. Like when I feel like I want to watch something gross or like over the line, but the reality is that like that progresses so fast and that you just can't stop. And like your, um, your desires take over in a lot of ways and you just, you literally can't stop what you're doing. And then you just end up finding yourself in this crazy rabbit hole of, watching things and doing things you never would have thought about doing even like yeah. the day before. You know what I mean? You just find yourself doing it and you're like, what the heck? How did I get here? Yeah. Um. I think it's interesting. So Pornhub.
0: This one is so crazy.
1: Yeah. This one is nuts. And it's just so crazy that like they release this data too, yeah. almost as if they're like they, boasting they about it. They glory in their shame like that verse yeah, says. Yeah. Like, it's like a, they're like, look how much people are in. Like, look at this. Could you imagine? Getting, yeah. Yeah. Because the stats really are astonishing. It says that, Um, they claim that their site streamed 75 gigabytes of data a second last year, which is enough to fill 175 million 16 gigabyte iPhones and totals out to 87.8 billion views, up 10 billion from uh, 2014. And there's another 15 billion over 2013.
0: Per second. Per second. That is so crazy.
1: I just think that, like, phones nowadays have a lot more capacity. But if you think about, like, a regular iPhone is mm-hmm. usually about you know sixteen gigabytes, filled filled to the brim, one hundred and seventy five million iPhones full of porn, like that's how much a, and is one being second. watched, in one second. Oh, you're right, in one second.
0: That's the crazy part to me. In one so that one second, yeah, jeez.
1: It says that an estimated eighty seven percent of college age men and around thirty percent of women, double click for sex either weekly or every day. Essentially, they're saying like these young kind of demographics of, of, of men and women look for and watch pornography either daily or weekly. Mm. And again, I think that's like when people take these kind of surveys or they're asked questions, most people answer generously like, Oh yeah, I'll, you know, check it every other day or once a week when in reality it could be multiple times a day. Yeah.
0: Uh, this next one says that, and you kind of already talked about this earlier, but it says porn sites get more visitors each month than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. Yeah. Combine all three of those. Those are like the three biggest hitters.
1: And by the way, that's a a Huffington post. Like this isn't just like some random, it's not even a Christian website. Like this is them saying what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, This one is, I think the craziest one is 35% of all internet Mm -hmm. downloads are related to pornography. 35%. (laughs) So crazy. Yeah. And I mean, it's astonishing and like it's, it really is laughable how much there is and how much, Pornography consumption there is out there, but it's also so sad. Like, what is what is going on right now? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Like, how much? Like, it, like where is this going to lead up to? You know what I mean. Like, how what is this going to result in in our culture?
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. Another one says so. This is uh, every day it says two point five billion emails containing porn are sent or received. Wow. Billion. That's some Yeah, it's random, but a billion is crazy.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so crazy.
0: And then it says uh, 25% of all internet searches are related to porn, hmm. which that's crazy. So one out of one out of the four, dude, that's so nuts.
1: Yeah. Think about going to Google and yeah. like every fourth one is porn. For porn, yeah. Yeah. Every second. And there's like millions, <laughs> you know, a second going on it all yeah. the time, every day.
0: So um, that's kind of it for stats, <laughs> but.
1: <laughs> I, it's a little bit of like shock and awe, yeah, like and just a little, you know shock to like gets you to know like how much and how real a problem this is yeah,
0: and I just want to say so I went through uh, only two uh, two websites for that okay and there was multiple other ones that I went through but I didn't include them and of those two I selected like the ma- the major one so there was yeah. way more out oh, there yeah. um so we get the point like it's a huge huge epidemic and is getting worse and worse and it needs to be talked about so we don't uh, we don't want to read those um those stats just like make a point but we wanted to read it because it's kind of it creates like a wow like a wow effect like when i read that stuff i was like oh my gosh like um like deeply concerned and so i think that's kind of when they want to say was part of the motive of, of sharing those stats is to i don't want to say raise awareness but kind of like raise the awareness and kind of get people to really understand like it's a super super big deal yeah. and um it needs to be talked about
1: yeah i think i mean it, it it goes all across the spectrum of people, men and women, ages, countries. But I think in general, for me, this is the most relevant for the next generation and for our generation, uh, you know, people under 30 years old, let's say. Like, this is a growing, increasing, like, it is really is kind of an epidemic for our generation, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very much a problem, which is why we want to talk about it. But um, I wanted to read there's this good quote, again, from Wild at Heart, uh, and he kind of just breezes over it. I wish he would kind of go into it a little more, but he says, So much of the pornography addiction for men comes from this. It's not about sex. It's about validation. She makes him feel like a man. She offers him her beauty and makes him feel strong. This is also the root of most affairs. Some women come along and, uh, and offers uh, to his, qu- an answer to his question. His wife has been giving an F, and she comes along and says, You're an A to me and he's history. And if he hasn't found that deep validation, he's, he needs from God. He's a sitting duck. Um, I just think that's so indicative in that porn isn't just about sexual desire. It's also about like validity fulfillment and meaning in life in a lot of ways. And I think he, he makes it so plain. He says, if he hasn't found that deep validation, he's, he needs from God. He's a sitting duck because a lot of a lot of what people are searching for in pornography isn't just like some sort of sexual relief or satisfaction, or whatever it is. It's just the feeling of being good or feeling loved or feeling like, um, like they're with someone They're They're kind of putting themselves, you know, virtually or in their fantasy or whatever it is in the place of another man who has that. And I think that's so indicative. It's just like, it's, um, it's a way to be, Fulfilled beyond sex, but it's just a—it's also a very spiritual issue, is what mm-hmm. I'm getting to. Um, pornography is essentially a risk-free way to fulfill your sexual desire. No woman can turn you down. You can have whoever you want, right? There's no romantic uh, attachment or kind of obligations. You can switch out women whenever you want. You can go and find a new one when the old one gets boring, and you can do it all behind a screen. You know, it's—it's it's safe and you're anonymous. But in return. You damage yeah. yourself yeah. really deeply. You exchange that short-term pleasure for the long-term loneliness. And that is completely opposite from how real life works, mm-hmm. where you, it's com- you have to have a monogamous relationship. You have to put work in. It's not just about sex at all. And, um, and so it's, pornography is just like this super cheapened, super perverted version of what you should have in yeah. real life. And it's not as good yeah. at all.
0: I totally agree with you. I actually, so th- those are some of your notes. I put down, I <laughs> did the, the exact same thing and I didn't even, I didn't even read what you had. Oh but, really? Um, yeah, I totally agree in that uh, most porn, like w- the motive to look at it isn't necessarily the, the physical pleasure that, that we think comes from it. But it's for me and from others I've talked to you and just what I have experienced that it's, it's for loneliness. Like that is yeah. um, an validation. I would say of probably the, the biggest reasons why, And I mean, studies show that and reflect it. That it's not really about um, just the physical side, but it's like the spiritual side, like you're saying. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And one thing about I want to say was um, kind of how the nature of porn is to continually progress and how it gets worse and worse. But kind of paralleled with that is um, like the pit that comes when you look at porn. Like when I say pit, I mean that, you know, we think it's going to be a cure or a relief, um, whether it's um, like we're feeling lonely or sad awake, um, when you look at porn you're looking for relief for what you're experiencing but the reality is all that it does is increase those feelings that you have you know i have mean, heard time and time again from people that you know they know they shouldn't look like at porn they know it's a struggle they fall in, they do it and then when they're done it's the same feelings that are that are now worsened of feeling you know worthless or miserable or lonely um so it's it's interesting because like you're saying it's indicative that we think is going to bring relief, and it actually just worsens how we're feeling in the, fir- in the first place. Totally, and what's and, uh, w- and then like you were saying is the sh- you exchange you know the the long term for the short term. Yeah. so and it's so fleeting.
1: Yeah, totally. Yep. What's so crazy too is that porn is never like satisfying, mm-hmm. um, and you know you you might watch one video, and this is why it's it's such a progressive <laughs> sin. And why it gets worse and worse and more extreme is because <clears throat> you might watch one and then you're thinking, oh, well, that was great. But, you know, for a second, but now I still feel lonely and now I still feel like I need more. So you go and watch another one. Mm-hmm. And then that one doesn't do it for you. So then you go find a more extreme one or you search for other things that you think you would like or you try to find mm-hmm. what actually satisfies you. And the fact that is that it never satisfies you yeah. ever, never, ever 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 are you going to leave watching pornography feeling better about yourself
0: yeah um i also want to talk about um i think in a minute we'll probably share our our testimonies but um like the lasting effect it has on you so not only does like temporarily just like increase your sadness or loneliness but like the images that you look at and like kind of what it takes to arouse you like that is like serious stuff that doesn't really leave you i mean like, I remember the very first image that I ever saw. It was on accident when I was, like, mm. in second grade. And I still remember it to this day. Like, wow. it's, it's crazy how our minds just can capture that. Yeah. And, like, and so many of the, th- the things that I have seen, like, I remember it's in my brain, like, ingrained in me. Which What I think is super interesting is why, like, why is that ingrained in my mind? But, like... Let's say, you know, in high school or college, like studying for a test. Like, why can't you? <laughs> like, yeah. How come, you know. Can't memorize right? what the answers but, are. And, yeah. But these images are ingrained and it like, just sticks with you. Um Yeah.
1: I want to say that uh, I want to say I've, I've heard of or I've read a couple studies about how the mind works and how our mind is trained to remember, like, basically what. You know what isn't pornography, what should be your wife, mm. but it's trained to remember those things, and your mind is trained to just ingrain them and to always have that picture in your mind. So when you're, you know, when you see something like pornography, again, you see, you know, tens, hundreds, even thousands of different pictures. Now your mind is all screwed up because there are different women and different places. They all have different meanings, and none of them are satisfying. And then especially at a young age too where you don't know how to deal with it you don't know what to do with it it just haunts you and it just eats away at you in a lot of ways and then you think about it or you remember what it was and then you're tempted to do it again or maybe you just feel sick about it but then because you're lonely then you're tempted to do it again and it's just such a vicious cycle when you can't forget a lot of times there's uh there's a really cool website which we've gotten um, a few kind of these talking points and a lot of, I've done a lot of reading on it, but there's a few websites. One's called fightthenewdrug.org. Um, and it's a nonprofit and essentially their whole mission is just to wear, raise awareness and to fight against pornography. Um, and they have a couple other websites that are really useful. Uh, you know, one of them is called um, truthaboutporn.org. They also have another one. I think this that, I think it's a documentary. I want to watch it, but it's called brain heart world. Um, and, Basically, they have so many stories of guys, like you said, who were addicted to pornography since a young age, and then when they have a girlfriend or when they get married, then they have serious problems, like they can't get aroused by their wife, or they feel totally disconnected from their wife, or they haven't told their wife or girlfriend, and they feel really guilty about it, and they don't know what to do. Um, Or it's something that they continue to struggle with, even after they're married, Um, You know, even guys you know, there's, there's stories of people who are Christians and even there's a lot who are, who weren't Christians, but there's a lot of stories on there of guys who were addicted to pornography and then got married. And then even after marriage, like they thought, well, this is going to stop for me. Like I'm not going to be tempted anymore, it would cure, yeah. but then it, it gets even worse mm-hmm. because then they can't get aroused by their wife or they feel guilty about their wife. So then they go and do it more and then it's just, it's, you know, the cycle is vicious again.
0: Um well one so one thing a good friend of mine said, and he put it so well, um and he he recently got married in the last couple of years, and he said that uh, he said, so having sex no, doesn't uh, relieve his drive to want to look at porn. Hmm. And he said, looking at porn doesn't relieve his drive for wanting to have sex yeah, um and he said they're they're separated they're they're different. and I thought that was really well put because i I've never understood that being a virgin, and like I just I don't know the difference and so i've never understood like i've always kind of thought man when you get married like how is that like how would you want well, look like, at porn where you can have sex with your wife i never understood it but i think just hearing how it's separate and different um i think was just a good way of putting it um and it, yeah. it kind of speaks to say that like really with any sin that we have like it doesn't just go away like it has to be faced it has to be challenged it has yeah. to be dealt with and especially porn like it's not one of those things that just goes away um uh, I forget his name. But I was talking with someone fairly recently an older man He's like close to his 60s hmm. and he was telling me how he still has to fight to, to not look at porn And wow. I was like wow this guy is six years old Yeah married has grandkids and he still is tempted to look at porn and it kind of yeah. shows like it doesn't go away And it gets worse and worse and you, you have to learn to fight it.
1: Yeah, I like we said how Pornography and sex is different. I think that's important because they are very different naturally in that pornography is just a perversion from sex um i i do think that when you when you have a healthy sexual relationship with your wife that it definitely reduces the temptation to Mm -hmm. watch porn Mm -hmm. um but again they are different things like you can't replace one with the other and that's again that's a lot of what the world would try to tell you is you don't need to have you know a sexual relationship if you have porn actually john mayer um, the famous singer, and this is going to ruin him for a lot of you guys. And it I kind it really of ruined it, him for me. But um, he said, this was like, I might've been, I think it was even before he started dating, dating T- Taylor Swift a couple of years ago. Um, so maybe it was like 2015, 2016, but he told a reporter because she was asking about how he can never stay with someone he's never been married and he's kind of always in and out of relationships. And he straight up told her that he prefers Pornography and masturbation to being in a relationship and having sex. God, dude isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's crazy. But again, I think it, they're different things, mm-hmm. and pornography ruins the real thing. Mm-hmm. Pornography reduces the satisfaction and the fulfillment you get from, <clears throat> from so real sex. That's
0: important, I think, for people, especially young people, to hear. To hear that, like this short term fulfillment that we're looking for like it's it will ruin the real thing that you've already talked about like it perverts it and it really just um it like spoils like what's was meant to be so good and i I think you know i think one way um for me when i was younger and i would like think of like looking at porn i kind of just felt like this is like a this is a current this is a relief to my current struggle to my current like wants this is going to relieve it but the reality is like a it doesn't relieve, so it's it only worsens, but also it's ruining what's to come. Okay, like it's not like a yeah, relief it's until a lose, lose. It's not a relief until you get the good thing. It's like you are not even relieving yourself and you are ruining what God created to be great for you. you yeah.
1: Know? A, a common misconception <clears throat> that even I've kind of fell into when I was younger, but you know, when you're in high school you think like, I don't want to be bad at sex or like I don't know how do I, how do I know what to do or Like you have to see someone or like know how to do it before you do it. And like there's a real fear about, especially when you're younger, that like peer pressure is a big thing. You also don't want to be like made fun of or like talked about. So you think that like pornography is going to help you have sex with your wife or have sex with your girlfriend. Um, The reality is that they're completely different things altogether. Like Mm -hmm. they're, they don't, it's not the same experience for you. Really what happens in porn is nothing like the real thing at all. I think, again, that whole, like, the most popular um, pornography scenes, you know, 80, what was it, 82%? 88.2%. Yeah, 88% had violence in it. Mm -hmm. Violence almost never, or at least it shouldn't never, it should never, uh, have, violence should never be in sex mm-hmm. like that's never going to happen. Yeah. And so when you're watching photography really
0: and you're saying that's the most popular like normal Yeah, so people watch that and they think content. oh this is how you do it.
1: Mm-hmm. In reality that's not what you do at all. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, I remember Corey when you got married. I remember you coming back from the honeymoon. Yeah. We actually were sitting in this room talking <laughs> um, about your sex <laughs> when you got married, <laughs> and uh, that was like one of the first things you were like so fired up about, and like you wanted yeah. to like share with like your small group and like yeah. young people was that guys like this. It's not what it makes it out to be, and I think that's is really good that you are talking about it because it, yeah, yeah, you know, it's in like a, distorted
1: in a good way. Mm-hmm. And so what I meant was like you you see pornography and you hear about what other people do and you think like, again, like pornography is going to help me kind of figure out what to do. or Like you can learn the moves, learn what girls like, whatever it is. That's stupid stuff. But then um, when, when you I got married and I realized like what it actually was, it was so framed because I was like, this has been a lie the entire time. Like mm-hmm. my entire life, I have thought something completely different. And it's a thousand times better than I ever thought it was going to be. And it's, and it's different in a better way. Also, like I would never wish to do the stuff that, you know, that happens in pornography. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I really don't struggle with pornography at all anymore is because it's literally disgusting Mm -hmm. to me now. Thinking about like having sex that way or like imagining myself doing that is like the worst thing in the world. Like Mm -hmm. even talking about it makes me sick because it's so far beyond what god intended it yeah. to be
0: well let's jump into um our experiences yeah. before we run out of time you want to go first uh, yeah i will um so uh i'll make it quick but when i so my first image i ever saw was like a playboy magazine and i live in oregon and it was in my friend's uh like his dad's basement hmm. and uh, like i remember so well his name was brian pyres i remember like i literally remember exactly what i saw like where i was um and i think i was like second grade uh, nothing like happened from there but that was just the first image I saw and it's like in my mind um Kind of fast forward to where like the struggle with porn became real. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, that's kind of when <coughs> I slowly crept in so for me um, like my testimony is like, it slowly gradually increased as time went on. I think a lot of people just kind of like go all in right away um as what I've so what I've heard. Um, but for me, it was basically about like a year of like looking at like soft porn before I actually stumbled across like real pornographic videos. Um, I don't. I wanted to say it's important that so um, a lot of it for me came out of just curiosity. Like I, growing up, I never yeah. was given like a sex talk. Never, um, really had it explained to me. And so I remember when I first started looking at stuff, it wasn't because I like was super horny or whatever. I mean that was part of it, but mainly because I. Um, I didn't understand. I remember just like kind of being curious and would just like just wonder. Yeah. Just would like dabble like little things just to try to learn. And Then I uh, remember like being young and being on YouTube just like watching like a random like funny video and like an ad popped up that was like a, like a porn image and I don't think that happens anymore. Huh. Like I've since then I don't think I've ever had an ad on my computer that popped yeah. up like that but it popped up and I clicked on it and like that is what started it right. Like, that's what made it like hmm. that got me into like looking at videos and that was like starting eighth grade um and then like uh another thing i want to say this might be really like graphic and i'm going to share it um i didn't like masturbate um until like uh eighth grade and i went a year of like dabbling looking at porn before i masturbated Mm. i don't know why i just i was super curious and like wanted to like us learn and then i think that curiosity turned into like lust you know does that make sense yeah no Um, totally and so I don't want to play the whole, oh, I'm innocent, like, cause no, like, I was a dirtbag and I shouldn't have done yeah. that. But it really did start with, um, like, just being curious. And I think like, one thing I've taken from that and learned is, like, for me, when I have kids, like, I really want to protect them, like, from hopefully their struggle with porn. And I think um, part of what, part of how I'm going to do that is by educating them and, like, showing them young and not showing them, but teaching them and explaining things so that way. They don't, they don't have to let curiosity drive them, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> that's how it started. And then uh, eighth grade is kind of when, like, the, the sin really started. And I don't need, like, sure of the whole, all the details, but basically um, it got worse and worse all the way until the very start of my senior year of high school. And it got to the point where I was looking at porn, like, every day, sometimes twice a day. Wow. And then uh, it would kind of go up and down. And so um, I think from, like, eighth grade to probably freshman year it was, like, all the time, every day, like, a lot. um, And then uh, I, after probably, like, a year of, like, being engulfed in it I like realized okay this is wrong I need to stop and then it became like a fight it became a struggle and so Mm -hmm. then it was constant um like you know you'd go a few months without doing it a few weeks and it kind of just back and forth back and forth and so that cycle went on until the beginning of senior year and like I said during that time it wasn't like a free-for-all like this is great I'm just gonna do it like I was trying my the best that I could I was fighting but I mean I was like literally addicted like i could not like stop it it was just yeah i mean it was a serious cycle and so especially
1: with something like your phone where it's always with you yeah it makes it so terribly hard
0: yeah and i i had some you know frustrating times so in in my home i had access from so i had like a we had a family computer that had it was like in a separate in an office detached from the house, with like its own little cubby, mm. no blockers on it. Yeah. I had an iPod Touch. Um, we had two TVs in the house with porn. We had, or not with porn, but like with <laughs> access to porn. uh We had uh, multiple laptops lying around. I mean, there were so many like avenues that I had access to. Right. And my parents didn't have any like blockers or filters. And so they didn't um, know, probably. Yeah, I don't think they yeah. knew, um which is, like surprises me. But like they didn't, and so. I remember one time being at a, like I think it was like actually my freshman year probably I was at a, a summer camp and I just felt like super convicted and so I, I talked to a leader and he had me call my mom that night mm. and I was like oh you suck so Dang. called her <laughs> and like told her and it was super hard um actually I think I, I think I called David my brother because I wanted I didn't want to tell my mom that's kind of weird mm. and uh, no I so you know what I did talk to my mom and then when I got home I talked to my brother as well oh, I said I, yeah. I, I, guys I need help like please. Can we put like you know codes or blockers on the on the computers and on the TVs? And uh, no one did anything, dude. Like no wow. one, no one did it. And I can't say like you know it's their fault, but like I probably should have followed up. But like I I brought it up and like no one did what I was asking and. Um, and that's kind of what started in me that thinking I was sharing earlier that it really comes down to like us making a decision. Like we could put blockers up, we could ask for help, but the reality is like, even if there were blockers up, I probably still would have found a way around stuff, uh, but it really came down to a desire in me to want to overcome. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of eighth grade to, fresh r- to senior year of like up and down, um, sometimes more intense than others, but it was a fight. It was a struggle and I was failing. Um, the very first week of the senior year of high school, um, I like I remember just kind of telling myself like this has to stop, like I cannot do this anymore. And uh, Dan Dillon came to our small group and he kind of gave his famous like porn, That's right. porn talk, yeah. And if you guys have never heard it, he like Dan basically just scares the crap out of you. Is kind of what he does, yeah. Um, he shares all these like crazy stats, like way more way more intense than what we shared, and um, kind of explains like what happens to your brain, all this stuff, and so. He shares uh, these stats, and then he gave a challenge at the end. He's like, "I, I challenge you all to um to try to go just thirty days with, without looking at porn." He's like, "I guarantee you can't do it." And mm-hmm. I remember, like, when he said that, I was like, "Screw you! Like, I'm doing <laughs> this!" Like, I remember just feeling so like compelled, like, just I felt like I wanted to beat him, you know, or yeah. beat it, you know. And uh, so that was like the start of freedom. Like I did that his little challenge, mm-hmm. and I somehow did it, and then. Um, broke free, and, like, that was basically it. And um, uh, I went, like, a, like, without anything for, like, two and a half years, without any ever messing up one time. And after two and a half years, I, um, like, messed up again. And um, I think it went on for, like, another year of, like, every couple months. I never, ever fell back into it, like, yeah. um, like I was in high school. But there was about another year after that where it was, like, once every couple weeks or once a month I would have fallen into it. And then since then, I've pretty much been good. And so um, for me, I, one thing I wanted to share was open accountability. And so being open with the um, with those that you're close to and kind of sharing sharing them where you're at, uh, for me, has probably been the biggest way that I've stayed out of it. And kind of like you said now, I feel like I've developed this almost, like, disgust for it. Like, I when yeah. I think about it, it, like, makes you feel sick. And it's not – there's, like, zero um, – I don't feel compelled to do it. I feel, like – I don't. I, I kind of honestly feel like afraid to do it, and by that I mean, yeah. Not, I gotta be careful how I say this, but like a healthy fear of the Lord is in me. Yeah. I think, and so I just understanding like the Lord is going to bless me as, as long as I as I strive to honor Him in all, on all areas of my life. If I don't honor Him in this area, like I'm lo- missing out on His blessing. I'm missing out on His favor. And so I want in God's favor. I want Him on my team. I want Him supporting me. Yeah. Um. And if I'm I jeopardize that when I choose to um, be in the sin, and so, um, like yeah, that's kind of mine in a nutshell. Um, yeah, yeah, well, mine's
1: very similar. I think it was around twelve, I want to say, um, and I I don't know like the very first time that I did or like <clears throat> how it came about. I know well. I I remember the first time like that I did like on my own kind of like intention, like I I purposely went and like looked for something. Um, which is crazy again that I remember that because that's just kind of the effect that it has on your brain. Um, but I think for me it was like, I think it was on like IGN or something like looking up games and like, it was just like a really trashy website. And I think it just kind of sparked like some lust in me and like curiosity. Um, but again, for me, like it was, it was a lot of curiosity of like, I just want to know, like what it looks like or like want to know how it works and like stupid things that you think as a kid and really like you can't blame them. You know what I mean? Like everyone goes through that same kind of curiosity and then that curiosity bred lust. Um, and I would say like in middle school, I definitely struggled with it a lot. Like I was definitely after a while addicted and I would find myself, you know, it was kind of a similar situation where like I didn't have a lot of kind of guardrails or limits around me and, I didn't know like if there was even ways like to, you know, to not do it. It was just kind of, I was always given a lot of freedom and felt like I, like I, you know, handled it well, but then this was the one thing that like, I can't handle this at all. And I remember thinking in eighth grade, like, wow, like I'm like, I think I'm actually addicted. Like I, I actually need like help kind of getting away from this. Um, So I think I kind of like toned it down a little bit and like, it wasn't like an everyday thing for me, but it was still like on my mind constantly. I would have to like fight it. Mm-hmm. And it was still like a regular kind of thing. Like, you know, at least once a week I was, I was looking at porn. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, it kind of continued, I think in high school when I got saved going into my sophomore year of high school, um, I was kind of like free of that for a while, for a long time, actually, for pro- probably like a year or a year and a half or like, didn't have any desire. Didn't have any temptation. Like just was completely out. Um, and then, you know, kind of like like you said, it's just like there's one. It only takes one time, and then you're like, it's on your mind again, and then you have to fight it again. So it was like every other couple of weeks or every couple of months. Um, and then it was. I think it was really my senior year, and it it was probably honestly around the same time as when Dan came, or probably had something to do with Dan, <laughs> yeah. but. Uh, you know I really realized like oh, I need to get this under control and like mm-hmm. this isn't just like a once in a while because I think that was kind of the way that I was justifying like, it to myself yourself, kinda, yeah yeah I was like oh it's just once in a while like I'm not addicted or like this is nothing I I'm actually kind of remembering now like as I was making those excuses to myself thinking like no these are just excuses like mm-hmm. no you you probably are addicted mm-hmm. but you're just not like addicted like you think other people are Um and so Uh, it was just, you know, yeah. One of those things where like, I was like, okay, I need to stop. And then you go 30 days without doing it. And then you go 60 days without doing it and you go 90 days. Um, and, and then for me, like, it wasn't really like a struggle after high school. It was just kind of, um, like once in a while I get the temptation to, but then I would just feel sick to my stomach or just, you know, end up Mm -hmm. closing out or like kind of like in almost like fear. Like I would, I would like make the search or I'd like go find it. And then, like, X out, like, no, 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 I can't do it. Like, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to let myself do that. Um, but for me, the, I think the big thing was in middle school. And it was, like, a very slippery slope in middle school and, like, early high school um, where it was kind of, like, the damage was done. And I remember thinking, like, gosh, I can't, like, get these images out of my head. And, like, mm-hmm. God, help me forget. Like, it was just so weird for me. Like, why is this sticking around? You know what I mean? It was just mm-hmm. very, like, haunting. Um, and I think that was, like, one of the really big, like, you know, I never had the sex talk either and no one ever kind of explained it to me. I also didn't go to a public school. didn't have like the sex ad or anything like that. Not that that's like the right thing. but I just like my curiosity was so strong that I just felt like I had to do something. Um, and I think that's why I, when I got married, I just, it was such a huge realization for me because I wish someone that would have told me like, no dude, just wait it out. You can fight it. It's so much better. You know, without it, pornography is nothing like the real thing. Even just someone tell me it's literally not at all like real life that I've been like, Oh, okay. Well, like it's not real. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can fight it easier, easier if you're, if you think that way. Um, so yeah, that's sort of my testimony in a nutshell, a little bit about pornography.
0: Yeah. I think this is a good exercise just to talk about it. Um, one thing that I've experienced with um, my Christian small groups, like uh, the is that no one wants to talk about it. I had a small group yeah. um, that I led uh, uh, a couple years ago and uh, we had about 18 kids in it. And yeah. uh, every like week this would come up, this subject like, we would be talking about like, I don't know, something super random, like love, like loving others, whatever. And like porn would come up as like a discussion somehow. <laughs> and so finally, like one night I remember just feeling compelled to, To ask the group, like, hey, who here is looking at porn? And if you are, like, raise your hand. And I normally like wouldn't do that, but I I felt the need, so I did it. And 18 kids were there. 17 of them raised their hand, and I was like, wow, dude, it was like a pretty big like eye opener. Like, dude, this is crazy. And um, so that group, like, we learned how to openly talk about it. And I think that's just one thing I wanted to say was, um. Like it can be vulnerable, like sharing these things that we're sharing. We we mean we're both pretty detailed of kind of what went on and why, um, but you know it's important to talk about if you are currently struggling with it. You know, find someone that you can talk about it with, and just be open and talk about it. Because here's the truth: I don't. The majority of people that of men that you know either are currently struggling with this or have recently been struggling. I think it's like like rare to find someone that's not doing it, to be honest with you. I mean, that's yeah. how bad it is. And I don't think people like realize that. Um, So like talk to someone, like just be open. Like um, it should, it's not good and it should be exposed and it should be talked about. Like that's just the reality of, of kind of what we're dealing with.
1: Yeah. I think just because like the very nature of it, of it's very secretive, it's very anonymous. Well It's like an
0: intimate, like, you yeah. know, it's a private thing, you know? And
1: so like the best way to beat it, is to bring it into the light and to shed light on it both before God and before other people. Um, because when you have someone else who knows and who can ask you about it who can, you know, make you confess, um, then that's something that can help you just as like an accountability kind of piece, Mm -hmm. but also bringing it before God and just acknowledging like, this is a problem. God, I need your help with this. God, I, you know, help me break me free from this addiction, from this sin. Um, is a big thing too because a lot of guys don't want to face it they don't mm-hmm. want to admit yeah. that it's a problem or and i think that i mean it's sad in a lot of ways that pretty much everyone struggles with it but it's also comforting in a way because i get what you're saying yeah. there's no like there's no reason to hide it because well, you we, know that others are struggling with we
0: it. make it up in our minds that we're the only ones yeah and it's like That's ah, i can't not say true anything. At all. yeah it's just so not true i remember being younger i was always so afraid to like confess yeah. it and remember the first time i ever did uh it was matt wall he like laughed he's like oh, yeah like i thought so you know just kind of like yeah it's like so normal and um when
1: one of my small group boys told me that they were you know some of them were struggling with porn i was like finally like you admit it you know what i mean like oh like it's relieving to know like that they can come to terms with it and be yeah. able to like finally want to do something about it you know what I, mean? I had
0: a kid come to me not not too long ago like shivering in tears like no joke like yeah and he'd he, confessed it yeah and i like just told him i was like <laughs> i know and he's like yeah. what and i was I like, it's like I figured you were yeah and he was like shocked at my response and i was like dude like yeah. hugged him like you're good man like it's okay like you will get free like it's good um but like we kind of think we're the only ones and we're so ashamed in reality is like most people are are dealing with this and like you're saying like it's comforting but it's not comforting like it's comforting that we're not the only ones but there there should be a change yeah um I think we're pretty much over time, so we should change. I did want to kind of just in closing, uh, I wanted to share a quote that um, for me was super instrumental in me overcoming the sin. uh, And it's by John Piper. And he says, I know of no other way to overcome sin than to have a superior satisfaction in Christ. Hmm. And um, that just like stuck with me when I heard it and just and simpl- simplify it down, simply like love God and, and simply want to please him more than your desire to sin. Like that's kind of what I think. And when I yeah. get my like heart and mind in that posture and I'm kind of locked in with that, that's when it's easiest for me to stay away from sin. And when I kind of stray away from, from, from that, um, it's easy to fall into it. And so hope that's an encouragement. Um, simply just want to, um, you know, please the Lord more than your desire to sin.
1: Yeah. I think a big thing is don't think about like, not doing it, just please the Lord and serve the Lord and like, think of him think yeah. of him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you won't have that temptation to look at pornography. Yeah. So I love that quote. That's a good one.
0: Take us home, Corey.
1: All right. Well, thanks for listening. Um, if you guys have any comments or questions, especially on this topic, uh, please reach out. You can do it. Uh, you can email us at cultivate and You can uh, DM us on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter um, you can leave a comment on YouTube even. We're on YouTube as well. Um, please share this with a friend. I think that's probably, a, you know, bring the conversation up. It's a good kind of conversation starter of like, hey, listen to this podcast episode, share it with someone else, bring it into the light. Um, you know, we can even help you if you're struggling with this. We'd love to give you more advice as well about, you know, practical ways you can kind of reduce the temptation and make it harder for yourself to fall back in but we appreciate you listening don't forget to join the two-week challenge uh key.com slash challenge help us spread the word you just click a couple buttons enter your name share on facebook share on twitter email it to someone text it to someone climb the leaderboards to get to first second or third place and we'll see you in the next one peace, peace.